match has now become a fatal four-way. Which means that there is one more team involved in this match. Now, I wonder who this fourth team could possibly be. What's up, nerds? It's Bruner 1.0, and this is the uh, WrestleMania recap. Uh, I have not slept since watching WrestleMania. I got up at 4.15 p.m. Sunday night, and I said, all right, it's time to go. Pre-show starts at 5, so I got out the door, and I went to my friend Tyler's house, and he's like, all right, we're going to watch the pre-show here, and then we're going to go over to Scott, Scott's house. Now, Scott is a friend of Tyler. I've only met Scott once. He is the nicest and coolest dude. And by the end of this podcast, you will find out why. Before I get to all of this, this is going to be a rough podcast. I'm going to tell you right from the get-go, I am struggling mentally, physically, emotionally, and uh, psychologically. That's what I'm going to go with. Those four things, I'm struggling. I'm not all right. The kids are not all right by the offspring. Check that song out. Uh, Scott is a generous person. Tyler is a generous person. I want you to check out their bands. Tyler is a band member of Hollowfront GR. Check him out on Facebook. Uh, Scott is a member of Amora. Um, Amora. I don't know. I've never heard his band. I'm not going to lie, but the dude is legit. So I looked up his band after the fact and I said, all right, I got to become a fan of this band. Checked out one song. I love them. They're great. And I'm kind of a mark for all my friends. And now he and I are kind of friends. We're Facebook friends. It's official. So, you know, check out Amora, A-M-O-U-R-A, Amora, our, Amora. This is pathetic, Austin. Amora Band, A-M-O-U-R-A Band. Twitter, Facebook, check it out. They're in Grand Rapids as well, slash Muskegon, whatever. I don't care if you people hate me for this. So let's go to WrestleMania right now. Uh... Not the best WrestleMania ever. I'm not going to go that far. But this was a pretty lit card. And by the end of it, I was uh, trying to reflect and think, you know, where does, this, where does this WrestleMania stand? I don't know. It's pretty good. So let's just get to it. Neville versus Austin Aries for the Cruiserweight Championship. This was on the pre-show. And it was a great match. Uh, I, I saw no big faults in it. I thought Neville going over was an okay decision. I liked the, uh, the psychological aspect of it because he went right after the orbital bone near the end there. Poke that out. Pow. Boom. Red arrow. You're done. One, two, three. Great way to end it. I like heel Neville. He has really gone into that character tenfold. I thought it was a great match, and I have no complaints with how it, ha- how it happened. 33-man uh, battle royale for the Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy. This one was a little rough. 
And uh, I love... Uh, let's get to why I dislike some of it. I didn't like that Big Show and Braun Strowman had their one big face-off. And Strowman... I'm pretty sure Strowman... I'm having trouble remembering this. I'm pretty sure Strowman eliminated him. And then everyone eliminated Strowman, I think. Or did everyone eliminate Big Show? Regardless, Big Show retired with that loss. That's such a weird way to lose a career or end a career. And we're going to talk about this at the very end and how Big Show should properly go out as far as wrestling. He went out in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal on the pre-show. The Big Show. This guy has been in main events for decades. Like in the 90s, he was in main events. In the 2000s, he was in main events. And I'm fairly certain he was in main events in 2010 and beyond. I'm I'm thinking of one with John Cena, with uh, Mr. Laurinaitis. I'm pretty sure the Big Show was in that main event. So how crappy is it that they make the Big Show go out like that? The dude was amazing on Raw with Braun Strowman. Those two burned the house down. Not literally like Randy Orton, but they brought the house down. There you go. That's the analogy I was going for. I thought it was amazing that the fact that him and big uh, Braun Strowman, two big guys, two seven-footers plus, two 350-pounders plus, could put on a show like that to end a Raw, and they did. Why not give him a show on the, on the main show, on the main card? Hey, big show Braun Strowman, do it again. Have Strowman go over and make him like the new big guy, you know, pass the torch, so to speak. But you're going to have Big Show retire on that match? Losing like that? I didn't get it. I did like the Mojo Rawley Gronk incident, as I'm going to call it, I guess. It wasn't an incident. It was a, it was a, a fan collaboration. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, obviously tight end for the New England Patriots. He came into the match. Do not believe he was supposed to. Uh, if you're that one security guard, <laughs> that one lady who was at uh, security, she did not want to let him in the match. And it was too funny. I loved it. Uh, she was not uh, uh, in, in on the joke, so to speak. She was not in on the work. Uh, so eventually a bunch of refs eventually came out and said, yo, let him in. He's, he's in this match. It's supposed to be a thing. Rob Gronkowski's wrestling tonight, like right now. It was awesome. Uh, Gronk gave the shoulder block to, uh, I believe it was Jinder. Or was it Killian? It was one of them. He gave a big shoulder block, and it was awesome. I loved it. And then uh, Mojo Raleigh ended up winning. He tossed Jinder Mahal to win it. I thought it, it was okay. I don't know what they're going to do with Jinder. Or not Jinder, sorry. I don't know what they're going to do with Mojo. But I thought for the moment, for a WrestleMania moment, so to speak, it was great. Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin. Not the worst match on the card, but pretty darn close. Uh, this was not good. Those two did not have a lot of chemistry. However, I do like them giving the championship to Dean Ambrose. He's making it more prestigious, I guess. Hopefully, I, I think giving it to Baron Corbin would have kind of uh, made him, so to speak. He would have been a legitimate up-and-comer, but maybe he's not ready. I don't know. The fact that they moved this on the pre-show was kind of uh, angering, but they really haven't done anything with the storyline, so I guess I can't be that upset. You know what I mean? Uh, Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin had like two spots uh, with the crane coming down on, Cor or on Ambrose. And then the next week, he comes out with the crane or the forklift. It was a forklift, sorry. He comes out with the forklift, and it goes uh, up, and he stands on it, and he goes, oh, are you doing a match? And then RKO out of nowhere, one, two, three. 
Oh, man, I'm mad you made me lose one match. Boo! And that's the whole feud? Wasn't a big fan of it. So uh, the f- I'm glad it was on the pre-show, to be honest, just because of the story that they haven't told, despite the massive story they're trying to tell on the women's side, which was on the pre-show, and then they bumped it to the main card, but they didn't give it as much time as the Intercontinental title match. I don't know. It was a very weird uh, stacking of the show, but... Uh, I'm glad kind of that, uh, what's his name? Ambrose won. Because Corbin, ah, what was he going to do with this title? He's kind of boring. He needs, some, he needs some fire, you know what I mean? I need to see some anger. So we'll see. Um, that's your pre-card. It wasn't a terrible pre-show. Uh, I was excited until the Corbin-Ambrose final. It wasn't that great, but... I did like the pre-show. Now we go to the main card. AJ Styles and Shane McMahon, they started off this crap. Solid match, man. 20 minutes long. I'm looking at the times here. 20 minutes for this match. I didn't think it was that long, and that's a good thing. You don't want to feel like it's a long match. You want more. Shane McMahon hit some big uh, spots. Uh, AJ Styles hit some big spots. And even the mess-up that I thought was a mess-up when they replayed it in slow motion wasn't really a mess-up. They, they told the story when AJ hit the Styles Clash and he didn't get all of it. That told the story. I thought it was a great match. I loved it. Uh, I was kind of concerned that this was starting the, the pay-per-view, but they started it off and got everyone real piped and excited. That was great. So the one match that I was really not looking forward to turned out to be amazing. I'm going to give it like a 8 out of 10, a 7.5 out of 10. It was, you know, passing and above average. I was expecting really below average, and they over-delivered as far as I'm concerned. So kudos to AJ and Shane uh, for proving me wrong. Not that that's saying a lot for them, because they probably proved a lot more higher respectable people wrong, but they proved me wrong, and I love the fact that they did that. Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, the match of the night I thought would be. I don't know if I can give it to him. Hint, hint. Uh, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho had a great match. I don't think there were any huge mess-ups. The the counters, which is what I was really looking forward to. Chris Jericho has kind of become like the master of the counter. And, uh, I just think he, he did great. Uh, they, they didn't, they didn't try to do too much. They didn't try to do too little. I thought how it ended was perfect. He hit him with the, uh, the apron power slam, the power bomb or whatever. I thought it was great. Uh, so I, you know what, Kevin Owens, your new United States champion, I think that's what had to happen because Jericho's leaving. I'm sure they'll have like a one-off tomorrow night and he'll put him out of commission or something. Um, but I, I really loved this match. I thought it was great. And it just kept the train rolling. Kevin Owens has his WrestleMania moment. He beat Chris freaking Jericho. You know he was marking out because he loved Chris Jericho as a kid. We saw the picture. He was doing the Y2J uh, spread arm thing. You know, break the walls down. So Kevin Owens, a huge mark, beat his idol, so to speak. And I'm so happy that Kevin Owens got to do that. You know what I mean? Uh, The fact that Kevin Owens lived out a dream is so awesome, and I got to see it. So woohoo. I loved it. Uh, Bailey, Charlotte Flair, Nia Jax, Sasha Banks, fatal four-way elimination match for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, I like how they beat Nia. They did, like, the shield powerbomb from the top turnbuckle, and then they all got on top of her and pinned her. That's the one way you can eliminate Nia Jax. You all team up on her. It took three freaking people to beat Nia Jax. That's how you do it. So great storytelling there. Uh, Charlotte beat Sasha with the exposed turnbuckle. That was weird. 
And then Bailey won with like a macho man top rope elbow. That was weird. I think it's great that Bailey won. She needed to win to legitimize her uh, her championship. Sasha Banks didn't interfere. Nia Jax didn't interfere. Uh, Dana Brooke didn't interfere. No one interfered. Bailey just outright won. The ending might have been weird. The finisher was weird, but Bailey won. She's a legit champion. And like Lita said on the pre-show, when are we going to stop calling her the the underdog? Because she's the champ, and she won it. So quit calling her the underdog. Bailey's your champ. That was awesome. I'm glad she won. This uh, hopefully moving forward, she can be more of a a strong champion and not the oh I'm Bailey and I hug people. Her Snickers promo where she's saying, "Are you hugging, videotaping me? Hug off." We know what she's saying there. She's not saying hug. She's saying another word with four letters that starts with F. It's a, it's a little hard for the Bailey character, and I think it's great. She's proven that she can be funny and cute, but also a little bit serious because she's not saying hug. And if you think she's saying hug, you're missing the point. All right, this match was the match of the night, and I, it's only because of the, uh, the intro, the standing ovation, everything that happened. Holy crap, I marked out, all right? Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, your, your champions, the club, taking on Cesaro and Sheamus, who came out in matching gear with the kilts and the suits and everything. It was so great. That was amazing. They have their own shirts now, I guess. I thought, I'm pretty sure that's what they're holding up. It was hard to see because the camera work was uh, questionable at best sometimes. Uh, and then Enzo and Cass, and they were getting the whole crowd lit. Then the New Day comes out. I need to explain how this happened because this explains why my mind exploded. The New Day come out in their wrestling gear, and they're like, you know what? We're the hosts of WrestleMania, and we're going to make this a fatal four-way tag team ladder match for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. Okay, I get it. You're the New Day. Insert yourself into the match. Be the former champions who hold records and so on and so forth. Whatever. And then I went on Twitter. And we were like a minute behind maybe because the, the network froze. No big deal. Network froze for a minute. Whatever, we'll catch up. It's fine. Twitter shows that the New Day's coming out and going to make this fatal four-way. I got off Twitter immediately. I'm like, I, I, saw, I saw a spoiler. I saw that the New Day's inserting themselves in this match, and I saw a spoiler, and I'm like, Austin, you know better to get on Twitter during a wrestling event. It's just not smart, man. And then, the freaking Hardy Boys come out. And yes, they're still in their broken gimmicks, let's be honest. That's Broken Matt and Brother Nero. But they come out to the Hardy Boy music with the hard, the hard like jungle beat, as I call it. The extreme beat. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? And the whole crowd is yelling, delete, delete, delete. Jeff Hardy can't contain it. I don't think he's supposed to be that gimmick because TNA is suing everyone that does it, but he's doing it anyway. You can't sue the crowd. The crowd can do whatever they want. They can chant CM Punk. They can chant Bullsh. You know what I'm saying. They can chant it if they want. So the fact that the whole crowd's going to delete in Orlando where TNA used to be, oh, I lost it. I marked out. I jumped from the couch. I almost threw my phone Scott was fist pumping. Tyler was jumping up and down. I'm pretty sure. Or his hands were on his head and he's just like losing his mind. 
It was amazing. And I'm still just like losing my mind. Yes. The Hardy Boys are back in WWE because the Meek Mans, they saw that the expedition of gold was not over and that they needed to make the club obsolete. I can't do a broken mat, you know, voice, but I, uh, I'm still losing it just thinking about it, man. The Hardys in 2017 are WWE Raw champions. The Expedition of Gold, yes. So full disclosure, uh, the, the Hardys were in ROH previously. As soon as Saturday, <laughs> they were in ROH Saturday. They lost their tag team titles to the Young Bucks. They said, the Young Bucks are the best team they've ever faced. And it is time for us to be to fade away into nothingness, so on and so forth, fade away and become obsolete or something. And then they left. That was their sign that they were leaving. I was thinking, all right, maybe they'll come back on the Raw after Mania. They can't make the the Hardys debut again, return at Mania. That would just be too perfect. And they did it. Kudos to you, WWE. You did the right thing. That was a WrestleMania moment that no one will ever forget. I'm not going to forget it. Those people in that crowd are not going to forget it. They all chanted delete on the way home and said, yes. I was doing it all morning. Do a bunch of coworkers who don't have a freaking clue what Broken Matt Hardy is. I had to play a YouTube clip, and they all hate me. They all hate me because I was doing that all morning, driving them nuts. But that's how amazing that WrestleMania moment was, and I'm never going to forget it. I'm sorry, but that was just awesome. So I'm glad that the Hardys uh, returned. I'm glad that they somehow kind of sort of did the broken gimmick. I'm glad that they did the spot off the ladder. Uh, Matt with the twist of fate off the ladder. Jeff Hardy doing the uh, swanton bomb onto Cesaro and Sheamus. Breaking his back pretty much. And then the Hardys won. Oh, that's, how, that's how you do a debut. That was awesome. Uh, John Cena, Nikki Bella defeated the Miz and Maurice. We all knew it was coming. I know I said I was going to walk out of the WrestleMania place wherever I was watching if this happened, but John Cena proposed. You know what? Let them have their moment. It was scripted. It was very fake. It was not romantic at all in the slightest to me. But to them and their twisted minds, I guess it is. And maybe not even twisted. You know what? They live and breathe that company. John Cena and Nikki Bella are all about WWE. They do make a wish. John Cena is the most uh, requested Make-A-Wish guy of all time. Nikki Bella does it too. She is a role model for little girls everywhere to just be strong women. And I can't hate on that. I think every woman should aspire to be strong and independent and want to provide for themselves like Nikki Bella. You know what? I think that's great. Yeah, she's dating John Cena who has a ton of money and all that stuff. But if you've seen Total Divas, he's not, you know... He's not spending it all on her. He has so many freaking rules that the Miz made fun of countless times. So kudos to the John Cena and Miz feud that made me want to watch this. You know, I was interested. I hate to say it, but I was interested. And whatever. <laughs> you know what? Let them have their moment. I'm happy that they're engaged. I wish them nothing but the best. Uh, wedding slash marriage slash whatever. You get my point. You get my point. I, I'm trying to say more nice things, but I just don't think I can. Uh, Seth Rollins and Triple H, this was a non-sanctioned match. It was actually, as I'm looking, the longest match on the card, 
Uh, it felt long, but I don't think it felt this long. So, meh. It was rough. Seth Rollins' knee is obviously hurt. I don't think he's at 100%. I don't think he's as hurt as they're saying. I don't think it's as hurt as he was selling. But the story here was pretty good. Triple H came out looking like a badass. He had his leather coat on. Stephanie looked like a badass biker chick. Uh, Seth Rollins came out like white Power Ranger gear, gold Power Ranger gear, whatever. And he had a torch and he lit the entire stage on fire. This is to quote unquote, pass the torch. Seventh man took a bump through a table. That was awesome. Seth Rollins won with the pedigree. That's the storytelling we're all looking for. He hit a freaking Phoenix splash. Great. There were no huge mess ups. I mean, the match was good. I'm kind of upset that this might be the last time we see Triple H, if this is the quote-unquote uh, pass the torch. But the match was pretty good. I guess I can't be that upset. It, it seemed long. It seemed a little clunky in spots, but overall it was passable. You know what I mean? It was a great match that I'm not going to look at next year and be like, oh, that was bad. So, you know, I, I'm trying to think of some bad stuff to say, but, uh, you know... I got nothing, man. I'm trying to say bad things, but I liked it. I hate the fact that I like it because all my friends were pooping on it, but it was a good match. I'm not upset. I like the fact that Seth Rollins won. He had to win. It could have been shorter. Maybe that's my one criticism. It could have been shorter. There you have it. Seth Rollins, he's going to be a, a, a top star moving forward, and that's not going to stop anytime soon. I'm glad he went over Triple H and... Hopefully this builds to something bigger because Seth Rollins has been kind of stale. There's my criticism. There it is. Bruner 1.0. You found it. You know how to be angry and, you know, vindictive and cynical. Seth Rollins has been stale. Bah. It was the okay match. Randy Orton took on Bray Wyatt for the WWE Championship. The stacking, as I said, very weird here. I thought the women's match would be next, but it's not. Uh, Randy Orton won in 10 minutes. Uh... Okay, match. I like the hijinks with the, with the ring. I think that Bray Wyatt should have kept the title. I think it's weird that Randy Orton went over. Uh, but the match was okay. It wasn't anything exciting. It wasn't anything terrible. They, the RKO on the outside was pretty good. The, as I said, the, the hijinks with the ring, the, the, the spider, not the spiders, the, the worms and the beetles and whatever. Great, great, uh, you know. I, I'm kind of mad that Randy Orton won, to be honest, but Bray Wyatt's going to get his rematch, and maybe he can uh, bring Eric Rowan back into the fold at the next SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view, and uh, we'll get like a re reincarnated Wyatt family now that we know that the Hardys are on Raw. Uh, sorry, Tyler, your uh, Hardy-Wyatt gimmick did not work. But I'm not upset because I still got to see freaking Matt and Jeff Hardy. You were correct on that one. You said they'd come back at Mania. You were right. Uh Okay, match. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let this be the... Uh, let's see where it goes. Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. Uh, shortest match on the card. Not shocked. It was close, but this was the shortest match on the card. Four minutes, 45 seconds. I believe that's from bell to bell. Brock Lesnar won. Uh, I want to be mad, but they did everything they could to make Goldberg look strong. Uh... Goldberg got three suplexes right off the bat. I believe it was three. Then, or sorry, Lesnar gave Goldberg three su suplexes. Uh, Goldberg speared him once, twice, 
through the barricade, hit the jackhammer, Lesnar kicked out, suplexed him like 18 more times, F5, one, two, three. That's how you do it, man. You make the, the superstars play to their strengths. Those are the moves that those guys can hit consistently. They didn't do anything fancy. It was a beat-down brawl. They weren't really feeling Goldberg in the crowd. I think everyone was kind of like, all right, it's time for Lesnar to win this. So I think it's the right decision. I'm hoping Finn Balor comes back, as some people have predicted, and he goes after Lesnar right away, and they put Finn Balor over. I don't know how, because maybe with the speed factor, Lesnar's just so big, man, and Balor could be a cruiserweight. So that's tough. That's tough. I don't know how you book that. Maybe because he's the demon and he's psychotic. I don't know, man. But I'm glad Lesnar won that one. Second to last match on the card. Six-pack challenge for the women's title on SmackDown. Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Carmella, Mickey James, Natalia, and Naomi. Second to shortest match, longest match on the card. I'm surprised it went on second to last. I know everyone made a big stink about it. And they wanted to make sure that the women's match went on the main card. Great. I don't think it needed to be second to last, strictly because Naomi was the hometown hero and she won. I'm, gr- I'm super glad she got her moment. I'm super glad this was on the main card. It deserved to be on the main card. But second to last? Second to last? This is WrestleMania. This story have not, the story has not been that great. The Hardy Boys had a better story, and they weren't even in the company for the past 14,000 years. John Cena, Nikki Bella, and Ms. Maurice, they had a better story. Rollins and Triple H had a better story. Orton and Wyatt had a better story. Lesnar and Goldberg had a better story. Even the Raw women's match had a better story. Kevin and Owens, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho had the story. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a mark for the stories, and I'm sorry about the sniffles. I'm a little sick. We're getting over it. Hence why I do not sound like I've just not hit puberty. That made no sense. My bad. My bad. Uh, but Naomi won. I think it's great that she got her uh, hometown moment. I'm not sure exactly why she was out if she wasn't that injured. Maybe it was like an extension or something. I don't know. But I don't think it should have been on second to last. I'll say it. I'm glad it got on the main card. I'm glad it was a feature, sh- uh, feature match. But they didn't give it any time. And then the match didn't really do anything. It wasn't super exciting. Uh, yeah, sorry. It just wasn't. No one really hit anything. Uh, Natalia hit the double sharpshooter, which she's done before. Uh, Mickey James hit a pretty good chick kick or whatever that's called. Spinning heel kick. Chick kicks Trish Stratus. I don't know. It just wasn't that great of a match. I'm not going to lie. All right. Here it is. Roman Reigns and The Undertaker. The main event of WrestleMania, they brought down Jim Ross, which I think was amazing. The dude had some personal tragedy in his life recently. He lost his wife, and I think it's great that the WWE stepped up and gave him a moment to forget about all of that. I, you know, when you're in the heat of the moment like that, I, he's, he's just in a nothingness, a state of nothingness. He's just going back to what he does best, as Michael Cole said, and he calls slobber knocker matches. But this was not a slobber knocker match. This was rough. This was painful to watch. I watched it at work with my uh, coworker Kyle, my friend Kyle. I'll call him a friend. We have uh, we've exchanged numbers. We even went to a concert together. 
<laughs> a couple concerts together. But yeah, it, this was rough. It was slow. It was, it was so one-sided, man. Roman Reigns tried so hard to carry this, and he just, he's just not that guy. <sighs> Undertaker hit a tombstone. Reigns barely kicked out. Reigns hit like 17 spears, and Undertaker kicked out of every single one until the last one, which took like four rope, rope run-throughs or whatever. This was just rough and painful and sad. I love The Undertaker. I'm not a huge Undertaker mark like some of my friends. Uh, I believe Tyler is a huge Taker mark. I, Scott probably is. I love The Undertaker. Uh, I got into him when he was the American badass. This was before the whole dead man thing. Uh, I, I feel like he wasn't even the dead man when I started watching because I kind of got involved in the Attitude Era, and that's when Taker was doing the American Badass with the rolling, 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 rolling. What? Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Come on! That was Taker. And I thought it was cool because the one match, oh, the ladder match with Jeff Hardy, he made Jeff Hardy look like a million bucks, and Jeff Hardy made himself look like a million bucks. And in turn, they both made The Undertaker look like a million bucks. And it... Jeff Hardy was not really a, a singles guy at that point. He was still the tag team specialist with his brother, Matt. And then he does that with The Undertaker? Ah. And then Undertaker goes to leave, and Hardy goes, you haven't put me down yet, Taker. I'm still standing. The Undertaker goes to beat him down, and he just, like, slaps his face and raises his hand because you got to respect the man. Ah. So to think that we had matches like that, and even the feud with Triple H and The Undertaker, or yeah, Triple H and The Undertaker, The Undertaker and Hogan, Undertaker and Triple, uh, not Triple H, I just said that, Shawn Michaels, uh, Kurt Angle, The Rock, Stone Cold, all those great rivalries, and then you get this one. It was quick, like, they, uh, they're going off the Royal Rumble moment as the big feud, and then... Roman Reigns says, I'm, this is my yard now. It was sad. I mean, there were so many missed spots. The wrestling was not good. And it's a weird way to end, uh, end a career. But at the same time, Undertaker went out in a no-holds-barred match, which I didn't even know it was until they announced it. In a no-holds-barred match, in the main event, with Jim Ross calling it, and yeah, the wrestling was bad. It was subpar at best. But when The Undertaker sat up very slowly and just couldn't do it, the story was there. You know what I mean? And it was real. It was damn real, as Kurt Angle said. I know he said damn true, but when he went to TNA, he started saying damn real, so get over it. it, it man. Okay, so The Undertaker took that spear through the table... He took, like, three other spears in the ring. He took so many Superman punches. When Reigns went to, went to uh, counter that uh, tombstone, and he just couldn't lift him one time, couldn't lift him two times, couldn't lift him three times, finally just threw him down, and then Superman punched him. That, that wasn't Reigns' fault, man. The Undertaker simply could not do that move anymore. 
And then when he went to sit up, and he just kind of keeled over, and Reigns just looked at him with those sorry puppy eyes, that was that. That was real, man. I think Reigns was legit sad that he had to put The Undertaker down. And then he went into character mode because he had to because that's his job. You have to be Roman Reigns, the Samoan badass, and put The Undertaker out of his misery. Take old Yeller to the back shed and just put a bullet to his head. That's what happened. And it's sad. Uh, I'm not getting emotional, I promise. Because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a crying emotional thing. It was like, man, that's how you're going to go out. It's like the Red Wings right now. They're going into uh, uh, the end of the Joe without a playoff appearance. They've been in the playoffs for 25 years straight. And now they're ending their tenure at the Joe Lewis Arena without the playoffs? Playoffs? Yeah, it's just sad. It's depressing that The Undertaker went out like that. But here's how much respect that entire crowd had for The Undertaker. Here's how much respect everyone in WWE has for The Undertaker. Here's how much respect every wrestling fan of all time, I should say every fan, or every member of the crowd, or every member of the WWE, the majority, 94.7%, everyone applauded him, everyone stood up, everyone made noise, and everyone put on every social media platform, hashtag thank you taker. Everyone cheered, thank you taker. Everyone yelled at the top of their lungs when he took those gloves off, when he took that robe off, and when he took that hat off. And he set it down in the ring. He went up the ramp about halfway, raised one fist. After looking back at the ring very long, he raised one fist and he lowered down to the ring. And that was it. The entire arena went dark. Frankly, I hope we never see The Undertaker again. I hope there's not a big Raw to do tomorrow. I hope we don't see an appearance from him. I just hope that's that. Because that is the most epic way for The Undertaker to end his tenure in WWE. He's always been the silent guy. You know what I mean? He just kind of goes by his own beat. And the fact that he went to ringside and kissed Michelle McCool, his wife, you know it's done. He's never done that before. That's breaking kayfabe, so to speak. So, I'm going to say it right now. Thank you, Taker. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for just giving me so many emotional moments, man. Because, you know, when you lost the streak, I was in shock. When you beat HBK, I was in shock. When you beat Triple H twice, I was still in shock. Like, every single time at the end of an era... I've just been in shock when you put over superstars like John Cena and Jeff Hardy and Kurt Angle and all these people, Hulk Hogan even, even when Hulk Hogan was like 82 years old. Yeah, <laughs> you just put up, you just did so much for the industry and I can't thank you enough as a wrestling fan for what you did for the business. That, thank you. Hashtag thank you taker. I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to put hashtag thank you taker uh, in this post because you deserve it. So that was WrestleMania. I'm going to wrap it up here because my nose is dripping. I'm just sick, man. I'm sick as a dog. This is not my yard. This is the sickness's yard. Just dripping snot. It's gross, man. It's gross. So uh, that's my WrestleMania recap. I'm going to try and talk to some of my friends that were on the podcast before. Harrison, Tyler. I'm going to even try and get Scott in. Scott's a super fan. I think he's an awesome dude. Oh, and I was going to wrap this up. So... Sorry, that is the, the reason that Scott is such an awesome dude. 
He invited me to his house through Tyler, just knowing me the one time. I went and watched Royal, Royal Rumble over there, too. Just an awesome dude, him and his girlfriend, and his little dog, Leo, loving up on me. That little dog is so darn cute. And then he hands me a cup with The Rock, John Cena, Daniel Bryan. It's like a, like just a little plastic cup. And he hands it to me. I'm reading the side here. Party cup. <laughs> Wash thoroughly before using. Not recommended for boiling hot liquids. Cool. So he gives me this cup and he says, hey, man, if you want to drink from this tonight, we're all drinking from our cups. We're going to be cool. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> You're just a total wrestling mark and I love it. And then when I was going to leave, I'd leave early for work, which sucks. He goes, no, man, this is yours to keep. What? What? To quote Stone Cold, what? 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 He gave me the freaking cup. He gave it to me. He doesn't know me. What an awesome dude. So, Scott, thank you. Everyone check out his band, Amora. Band Amora. I don't know. Check it out. I spelled it at the beginning. You know where to go. Check out Hollow Front. Check out I Prevail, who was on the NXT pre-show and the NXT show as a whole. Awesome. Uh, check out thegeekiverse.com. We've got stuff brewing, man. We're doing big things. Nickel City Con's coming up. We're going to be there. Check out uh, Facebook.com slash The Geekiverse, uh, the underscore Geekiverse on Twitter and Instagram. Check out our friends at Court of Nerds. I'm just going plug city, baby. Uh, check out the underscore Court of Nerds. I think it's Court of un- court underscore of underscore nerds. Whatever. If you go to the courtofnerds.com, you'll find all their uh, social media plugs. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We're going to keep this going. I'm going to try and talk to Benjamin Raven more often, the angry Raven. Uh, I'm going to try and talk to Tyler more often. I know he enjoyed it. Uh, Hopefully, I'll get Scott in on the podcast. I'll talk to uh, Mr. Harrison more often. He was texting me all through the night. My friends Spencer and Kyle. I've got lots of wrestling friends that need to be on this damn thing because we're doing it big time, baby. All right, I'm out. That's, That's all I got.